0: And welcome to the Listen Louder podcast, a place to have open and honest conversations around mental health. I'm Megan Gilbride, the host, and each week I'll be discussing various mental health topics with my guests. For the best experience, try listening on the Entel app, where you'll be able to see and access links to exactly what we're talking about. Hi everyone and thank you so much for tuning in to our next episode. Today I'm joined by a wonderful human and beautiful northern lady, Lindsay Holland. I'm lucky enough to say that she's one of my best friends but she's also an incredible style blogger and when she's not sharing her wardrobe must-haves she's a fellow podcast host over at Things You Can't Ask Your Mum. When her and her co-star Lizzie discuss all the topics, you might not be able to ask your mum. It's absolutely brilliant, so be sure to check it out via the Entel app. And to add another string to her bow, she's also a fully qualified physio, and yes, the list does go on. Lindsay! <laughs> Hello, mate! I'm so happy to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. It was the easiest yes ever. Yay! Yay! Oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> Um, so with Lindsay being one of my best friends, I was obviously really keen to get you on. <laughs> um, and I think that your insight into mental health is really quite a refreshing yeah. one. Um, and I think you'd probably agree with me saying how similar we are oh, in God, terms yeah. of like, our experiences and ongoing struggles with mental health, um, specifically anxiety related. (laughs) Um, But I do think like our experiences kind of do mirror each other a little bit. And you're the one person who I will go to and be like, you you are gonna
1: know exactly how I'm feeling right now because you probably feel exactly the same. Yeah, and with absolutely no judgment and it goes without saying for both of us. And that's the same thing for me when I feel like that, I know that I can get in touch with you and we'll always be like, is it anything specific? And if it's not, then that's also fine. But if yeah. sometimes it's worth checking if it is. But a lot of the time, it's just not. Yeah. And it just comes out of nowhere. It is, it's just something that happens. Yeah, and, and it happens to a lot of people that way as well. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a thing. No, that's
0: really true. Um, And one thing that I really did want to speak to you about, um, because, again, even from, like, since before we've known each other, so you and I have been friends for, like...
1: I was thinking about this before. I think it's six or seven years. Yeah, it's
0: long. Yeah, quite long. (laughs) It's a bit long. Yeah. (laughs) But even before we knew each other, I know that you had a similar experience to me at school in that you were bullied quite heavily at school. Um, And I just wondered whether that was something that you think
1: kind of where your anxiety was born from? Yeah, so I was, I've was i been thinking about this a lot recently, and without knowing it, I think I was a really anxious child. I was going to say, did, was because it something that you experienced, did you experience anxiety when you were younger? Yeah, but it manifested in a different way. So I right. think it was anxiety, and it was a symptom of anxiety, but I don't think, I, I, I mean back then god we're going back so so many years and it was it was it was such a stigma around stuff like that and it wasn't in schools it wasn't in education we didn't know what it was necessarily mm. i don't feel like i'm 32 nearly god <laughs> um, and so this is a long old time and i spent the majority of my high school years in the nurse's office with a tummy ache inverted commas um waiting for my mom to pick me up because i just literally had stomach ache all the time i felt sick all the time because it was just a really kind of traditional, typical case of play school, playground bullies in girl groups that I would be left out of all the time, even though I was probably one of the most timid, yes girls, bend over backwards to make somebody think that I'm cool or like me in some way because I literally couldn't find my people or my place. And I had a couple of mates that were a bit more on my level, but then as soon as you know a popular kid flashed them a lot, they were gone. And I would be always, I would always be the one that was left on my own. And it's just such a a tricky thing to manage at that age. And, like, mum knew what was going on. She was in and out of school, in and out of school, and it was just really difficult, and it was really difficult. It must have been so difficult for mum, because she's fiery and will not stand for any shit. Mm, Same as you now, really. Same as me now. I am so my mother's daughter. Um, And, you know, she, well, she'd give, or if, she, if she'd have been allowed, she'd to give them all the good hiding, and she'd have gone to jail for it, and she would have happily gone to what gone did to prison the school, for it. What did the school do? Um, not a lot really not a lot they'd be pulled in but then you know there's always that thing of it makes it worse when you tell yeah because then they come back for you even worse and it, it, it was just a it was a really psychological form of bullying for me because I was left out of everything even on my prom everyone got invited to this one girl's party and I I didn't I was the only person at prom not to go to her party so I went home and my next door neighbor came around and we had a pizza in my prom dress which was great and we're still friends today
0: oh my god but it was just
1: literally torture and things like um they'd pull my skirt down in the dinner queue. But I was honestly the most inoffensive person ever. So Do you I was think just that the was easiest why target? they like just latched yeah. on to
0: the fact that they could take advantage of For it? For sure,
1: the easiest target. And <sighs> it's just, oh my God, I hated school. Yeah. Hated it with a passion. And so all those times that I got worked up, and like in the morning I'd even try and pull it that I was like, I had tummy ache right then as soon as I woke up, so I didn't even have to go to school. And yeah, my attendance wasn't great. I had lots of tutors because I was just like, no. And mum knew what was going on, but also she must have known that the school weren't doing enough, so she tried to do it herself and, you know, sort me out that way. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. But I think, obviously, it was anxiety. Yeah. But I obviously had no idea what, you know. I was dreading it and I, had, I was scared all the time, but I had no idea that, that I, uh, how to pinpoint what that was or that anxiety was a thing. Because no, it just wasn't taught yeah. to us in that way then. I don't, I don't know what it would be like to be
0: at school now, and have those feelings, oh. and like how how would
1: how would you deal with that now? Like in hindsight, yeah. In 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 the person that I am now, in the person that I was then, yeah. God, in the person that I am now, there's not I, there's not a chance I'd be bullied. There's just literally no chance I would be bullied. And the first time that somebody tried, they'd know about it <laughs> because yeah. I, I, I'm honestly so fiery with stuff like that now. Even if like if i see some, someone in a situation where they're being taken advantage of in any mm. any i will honestly try and hold my tongue as much as i can but if i know that there's something no, that i need to fight i will i yeah. will
0: intervene in something but that's do you think that that's come from though having had those experiences Absolutely. Like how do you think if if it was young lindsay yeah. and you could and you had that hindsight like how how could you say to somebody now to deal with that like it's so difficult isn't it's it It's so
1: difficult because I just didn't have I, I like my sense of self wasn't very strong and I didn't feel very valuable or important apart from when I was at home with my family Yeah um because obviously like you you base your worth on your peers at that age I feel I think you know in the odd case people some some young girls and lads will have a really strong sense of self and be able to you know know where their little life is in the pecking order and they know mm. you know that they, they love to skateboard they they love skate you know skateboarding and I don't know whatever their hobby is and they're like yeah this is cool I love it because it's cool and it's cool because yeah. I love it whereas I'd be like oh Christ like what am I I'd, I'd had so many hobbies I was just here there and everywhere all the time mm. and not tr- not necessarily trying to be someone else but also I just didn't know who I actually was so I'd just be all over the place all the time. I was really similar
0: I think at school. I was the same as you is that I had like a couple of friends that were like good friends yeah. and that have actually stayed friends now. But I think for the for the most part it's I spent a lot of time trying to fit in with the popular crowd yeah. because some people that kind of liked me would be friends with them yeah. and I wanted to like try and get in and they just weren't having any of it and they hated me. Yeah. And I got so badly bullied by those people and by um like just any other kind of groups of people that I think I was a weak target like you said. Yeah. But I never spoke to my parents about it. And yeah. I didn't realise like until I think it was last year, mum and dad said to me Um, I'd written something in a blog post being like, oh, I I was bullied, yeah, Yeah. and they were like, I didn't know you were bullied, and I can't believe that I went through the
1: whole of school without telling them. Yeah, and the magnitude of, uh, like the impact that it's had on your life and it had at that time, and you must have been so miserable, but like, obviously very easy to hide it as soon as you got home because they would have known. Yeah. It's, like, I can't... I don't remember
0: not having been vocal about it. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I wasn't trying to hide it from them. No, no, like no. Like, consciously. You just piddle along your day and yeah. just get home. And it's
1: just like, oh, Megan's back from school. But it does...
0: But then it's interesting that you said your mum obviously did know and there was still not much she could do. Yeah. Like, kids can be bloody horrible, can't they? Awful. Yeah. Awful little shits. Do you think you would be the same person that you are now in terms of your strength and resilience towards that kind of behavior
1: no way I think it was literally like solely responsible for how gritty I am now but my tolerance for I don't know what like bullshit like anything that is like that's off to me or somebody treats me in a way that I don't deem as like kind or uh, respectful or a Mm. way that I would treat somebody my mum and dad have always told me that you treat somebody the way that you would expect to be treated back yeah. and so i try my hardest you very much all do the do time that, to just but that's live up hard to that. though, isn't it like it when, is hard. when
0: you're constantly putting in a 100 yeah not many people will put in 100 back no. like that's really hard to navigate it's a
1: massive heart like it's a big reality to face yeah. up to that as well and it leads to a lot of disappointment because mm. i've got this high level of expectation which i shouldn't have because everyone's different but it's just because i would do it that way yeah and i want to give that much to people and it's really hard when that doesn't come back um but you, you, like the way that I try and soothe it is that not everybody's the same and I just literally can't tarnish everybody with my little high expectation brush. <laughs> it would be nice if you could. And everybody could just have that just high expectation. a bit of a sprinkle of kindness <laughs> yeah. goes a long fucking way,
0: mate. Yeah. <laughs> I think you do still struggle with your anxiety now though. Yeah. Like, and I guess it was born from a case of having troubles when you were younger. Yeah. But what
1: do you think sparks it now? I think after I was younger, like I managed really well, actually, up until I hit 21-ish, 22. And I think that was when I was at uni and I was in a relationship that wasn't reciprocated in the way that I you know, behaved towards him, and I was like head of heels in love, and it didn't come back. But it was never, it was never a spoken about thing. It was just a feeling of me teetering on the edge of insecurity all the time because I never quite had the reassurance or security that I gave to him, and it was always a very strange, uneven keel. And that's what sparked it all off yeah. again. Now that I'm in a happy, and it, it was, it was around men for me for a long time. After mm. the, I had a good, good little spe- spell of not even feeling anything um, in my teens and then it was around men that it came back, and then now that I'm happier and settled with James, my boyfriend, and like my life is good, and everyone's happy and healthy, and I do what I can to make myself feel happy, healthy, and balanced, Mm. things are much more settled in my brain, but where I struggle is hormones, so when it's my time of the month, these anxieties, worries, thoughts cascade onto me like, honestly, a 10-ton weight and the anxiety is, can be crippling, and everybody gets different symptoms, but I really struggle to rationalize about anything. I overthink everything, and I become quite insular, but also quite needy at the same time, and I'm not sure who needs to, get, who needs to give that to me, but- Probably I'm, I'm nobody, but Probably you want nobody. it, and then yeah, you don't exactly. want it. Yeah, and then it. I don't yeah. want it. Yeah, I want to be upstairs watching like Netflix with a cup of tea, just being on my own, but then I also want to just like lay in the nook of James' arms and be quiet so it's hard like to know where it is and i, I don't necessarily have got ma- think i've got major triggers anymore um i think i am managing it much better as i get older but where hormones are concerned i have no management over that mm. and i don't know yeah i'm i'm trying at the moment to just look at my diet for my endocrine system to have less sugar less caffeine things yeah. that you know add to cortisone levels and um, uh, adrenaline and things like that that really can tip someone who's quite an anxious person over the edge like coffee like coffee (laughs) yeah so I just try and manage it in those ways and I know I know when it's coming on and I know what kinds of things to avoid doing and really to take care of myself but that comes with knowing your body and that comes with years of battling with something that you've got to deal with at some point that you've got to understand at some point that it's part of you it's how you deal with it that, that makes the difference because I don't think it's ever gonna go away for me. Yeah. It just in, it comes and goes in different measures. And I might be, you know, if it was to do with James and I, like we're in a really happy, healthy place and like I adore him, but if we were to part ways for whatever reason, that would be like catastrophic for something like my anxiety because I'd be on my own. And that, I struggle with loneliness and like isolation and being on my own especially where relationships romantic relationships are concerned so that kind of thing so if anything's you know out of kilter with James mm-hmm. and I that would also make me that would that would be the biggest anxiety for me or like family health or friends health those things like the big things really get me now which I think is understandable really. For sure, Like yeah. that's
0: more a case of like if if serious things are gonna be happening in your life, you kind of have a right to be yeah, yeah, in absolutely. a state of that worry. Yeah. yeah. But
1: day to day I seem to be a bit better apart from like I say when my hormones are about and then no holes barred, literally. And what do you think <laughs> is the what do you think is the reason that you do feel better
0: now? Is it because of your lifestyle or are there certain things that you do that keep it at
1: bay uh, yeah a bit of both and I think that you know the lifestyle that I've got is very I try and make it balanced but when I when I can't have a balance like I'm in London a lot for work yeah and if I'm in for 14 hours at London I, I get back at the night time and I can't sleep because I'm, my brain is worrying, worrying, worrying because I've been up on my feet one running around and wondering about London meeting to meeting work thing to work thing um, so where I kind of try and balance things like that out where I'm not in a situation where I'm exhausted because where I'm exhausted, like jet lag, I get really anxious with jet lag as well because my body's all out of kilter for the tiredness and the time difference. It is just balance but I, my main things are that I avoid caffeine and alcohol if I'm having, if I'm like, hmm, maybe I'm not quite 100% today. Yeah avoid that. I walk a lot, I listen to lots of music, and I try and do something creative and something visual because it distracts my busy mind with these awful worries or thoughts that I might be having. Um, And as much as I never feel like it, I get out of the house. Like, all I want to do is be on a sofa, but I know that if I go for a walk with my music on, or if I go and see, um, and I've got a little niece and nephew that live nearby, if I pop out and see them for an hour, I come back and I'm fresh. Yeah, that's a really similar thing for me actually.
0: Like, if I didn't have the dogs. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, I'm at home pretty much all of the time, unless I'm in London. And if I didn't have them, I think I would. Like, I wouldn't be able to get myself out. Like, I would sit on the sofa and like, be in, in that bad place and like having an excuse or a reason to be like get out and get some fresh air and it always makes me feel better it always like, does like every it? single
1: time and yeah. even though you're dragging yourself and you're like yeah. this is the last thing I want to do and the same for me not even just out the house but like company mm. like it's got to be the right kind of company but actually sometimes it's better if you've got like an acquaintance or someone you're just getting to know it doesn't matter if you're sat there riddled with anxiety because you can let them talk at you and, and find out more about them and just be like do you know what yeah you're great and just keep talking to me because <laughs> I'm just going to keep drinking this chamomile tea and we're all good and I'm not going to shit myself in public <laughs> 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 daily battle daily battle. <laughs> yeah so yeah there's so many aspects to it but I feel like I'm not like in the real midst of anxiety at the moment and I mm. haven't been for a good few months and I think I'm turning a corner with it because of my lifestyle but also because I do kind of implement those tiny bits and bobs of like no caffeine no alcohol etc when I know i'm not feeling 100 and i think that really really helps
0: yeah just getting to know your body and yourself yeah. a little bit more isn't it yeah. like a lot of that is i think a lot of the time anxiety can be born from like doing the opposite of like just not just listening to yeah, yourself and not acknowledging yeah, anything. yeah and suppressing it and then being like oh fuck now yeah. it's here and yeah. i don't know how to deal with it and exactly that makes it worse and, and it yeah. can be
1: a really frightening place to be a really frightening time in terms of symptoms too which i don't yeah. think people talk about the symptoms of anxiety enough where i get really frightening ones and, I, and only now after years and years of knowing that my heart races like mad i feel sick i feel dizzy um, like i get this weird rush of like color in my face oh my and God, like tingles over my head yeah. and i'm like right well obviously i'm having a stroke <laughs> <laughs> and Honestly, Oh, i shouldn't laugh because no, it's not funny no it's not funny but same. literally like yeah. the dramatics of it makes you feel that something life-threatening is happening no it does and it, what I have to do as well a good tip if you're in the throes of like an anxiety attack and you know it's a panic attack and it's you're in the middle of it and there's nothing you can do and you just have to ride it out the last 20 to 30 minutes and then you're fine and you'll be knackered but you'll sleep after that I get up excuse me, in the night and look on the NHS symptoms checker and put in an anxiety attack or panic attack and it lists all the symptoms that you can have in that panic attack and I read oh. through them all and I'm like, yep, 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 not dead.
0: Oh my, oh, that's so interesting because yeah. I'm normally like, Dr. Google is not the one. Absolutely because, not,
1: but NHS but, direct, But that is I'm all good that. if
0: you're like, if previous video, or oh, is this what I'm having? Yeah. yeah. Previous
1: NHS experience, trusting with my life, always yeah. have done many a times. So I'm like, yep, yeah, just keep that tub open, all good. Right, yes. Am I going to vomit? Probably. Is my chest tight? <laughs> yes. Is there an elephant sat on your chest? Also, yes. Like all of these things. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's just, it's, it is it, a panic it is attack. Like, it doesn't and it, make it any less bad,
0: does it? No, but if you can, the experience
1: here. But if you can try and find a shred of logic that will make you think, like, this is happening, it's a physiological response. Yeah my body yeah it's just my body telling me that you know the physiological side of things are just like going a bit haywire and it will settle and it's it's a really vulnerable place, and afterwards I always feel really emotional and vulnerable because I'm like, my bodys ju- I've just done this to myself because of my thought process, and all, some of us are more prone to it, other people have never ever experienced it, and it's such a weird thing to try and experience, uh, explain. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't try and experience it. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't recommend. No, disclaimer. Um, I think another thing that
0: I'd be quite keen to ask you about is being a people pleaser. Yeah. Because even though you don't take any nonsense from anybody, yeah. I do think you do like to please people as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Do you, you agree? agree? Yeah, I do. Yeah. And again, I'm getting better at that as I'm getting older, to be like, I am not a jar of Nutella and I can't please everybody. Yeah. And, no matter, and it for me, the disappointment with that comes in not like no mutual reciprocation of Mm. how much i'm putting into a friendship yeah so it's a hard lesson it's a steep curve isn't it but it's one that we all have to learn and even into our 30s it's fucking boring mate like honestly when are you all going to grow up and start being proper friends to each other well yeah but how do
0: you deal with that when you're always giving a hundred because even though you recognize that not everybody's going to give you 100% of themselves yeah how when you are in a place of bad anxiety how do you deal with that compounded with that issue because I think that for me a lot of my anxiety rides well it rides around bloody everything sometimes but it can can really be around like what people think of me and my perception of what people might think of me yeah so if I get myself in a rut of like oh god like I'll use you for an example because yeah. you're here but like if I've texted you and you haven't replied and I'll be like Lindsay hates me well obviously or, she's not my friend anymore yeah, yeah. like how do you
1: manage that. manage that the anxiety with the people pleasing um that's really difficult because when you're in that headspace and when you are you are having those thoughts, it's so easy to read into anything that you want to make a situation. So, for example, like the text message thing, you might just be having a really awful day, you've taken a couple of hours to reply, and you're like, oh my God, because you're at a swimming lesson or something. I don't know why <laughs> yeah. I said that, but you know, <laughs> you might be learning to swim, I don't know. Um, and you know you're in the water you can't get hold of your phone so that's why you've been MIA for two hours but then those those thoughts and feelings manifest and then you start to pull on everything else that could be well she did say that maybe I'd I'd done this and I didn't, you know, maybe that wasn't quite right. And, you know, six months ago, she was, I was late when we were going to go for some dinner and then I think she was a bit pissed off. And all of these things, and they all manifest into this one tiny thing where you've not texted me back for five minutes. Um, and so I find that really hard to control. Yeah, same. I have to, it kind of just spirals out of control. It, I have to let it spiral and then I'll calm down. But it's, the thing is that the, the, the hardest bit that I find is because, The other person's got all the control. I don't have any control. And if it's around a friendship and if it's around something else, I just think the worst. I think that they think the worst of me, the same as you. Well, that's anxiety in a nutshell, isn't it? Yeah. The lack of control. And I have no control over that until that person messages me like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, I've been swimming for the last two hours. And I'm like, ah, right, Ken. All (laughs) good. So we're still on for tomorrow. Then they're like, yeah, can't wait. And you're like, great, cool. All right, I'm just gonna go and have a cold shower. And like, it's just one of those weird things and I mm. have that's one thing I actually haven't grasped and I couldn't give any advice on because I still get like that about friendships mm. because they're the most meaningful in my life I hang everything on them and I shouldn't because it's my life too and I I deserve to be treated with love and respect and kindness so I don't know it's but just But there's <gasps> asking for that then isn't there?
0: I think like if somebody isn't meeting you at least halfway yeah. that's a conversation to be had isn't yeah. it? I yeah, think yeah, that's yeah. that's different than you having anxieties in your head about swimming about, <laughs> about swimming lessons which I had when I was about four not yeah. not but 30 but you can swim then just to clarify yeah, can Megan swim, can thank swim thank you so can I <laughs> we're good we're good yeah it is an interesting one because I don't I'm not very good at navigating that either no. I think with um anxiety with other people like the amount of times I'll say to Jamie like do you love me I need constant affirmation yeah that I that people care about me and that's something that I
1: annoy myself with yeah so it's so hard because you need that as a person yeah and it's it's hard like and it's it's just difficult because the people closest to you and around you know that you need that and will give that willingly because they know it makes you happy and you need it where it's difficult is where you're forging new relationships maybe friendships and things like that and you're just like huh oh Mm. oh no like this is too much for me and then it becomes overwhelming because you're like ah christ
0: well i said that i think i said that to you before that like we're in our thirties now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Club. Megan. <laughs> and I, I don't know, I don't know that I can, I have it in me to make new friends now.
1: No, Like, it feels like such a lot of pressure being older. Yeah. But I also think I've always said, like, no one in, no one out now at this age. Yeah. But And, like, I half mean it, but obviously if you met somebody that was, like, wonderful and yes. they were give it, they're willing to give as much as you, or maybe just, like, it was, you know, let's go for a beer now and again and just have a catch-up and it's lovely and it's chilled. But I haven't got the energy to give, you know, 150% into mm. another friendship because I've got so many meaningful ones that are like that. Well, actually, no, I've got probably a handful of meaningful ones like that. I've got loads of... Mates who are just mates and close for different reasons and different times in my life that I want to keep in touch with. But I actually don't have the energy. Mm. And I feel like you could count on one hand who your nearest and dearest are in terms of I think that's
0: quite a positive thing, actually. Yeah. Like being able to say to yourself, like, I'm good.
1: Yeah, I'm actually fine.
0: You don't have to put that pressure on yourself. And there's nothing
1: that these people can't give to me in my life. Which I think
0: is probably, like, a stark difference to what we were, like, even, say five six years ago like yeah, when, we, when first we first met, met yeah. we ca- kind of came together over breakups didn't yeah, we and yeah. our experiences again were pretty much exactly oh, the God. same yeah. and that's a thing for me as well that I'd like you to explain a little bit more about mm. is how anxiety and relationships can really affect you because when mm. I was in a, a relationship that wasn't doing its best yeah let's say didn't have legs <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um I didn't realise at the time, it probably wasn't until I was out of it, that yeah. I, ha- I knew I had anxiety, but I didn't
1: realise that the relationship was causing it. Honestly, and this is honestly mirrored yeah. in my experience, and that this six-year relationship that I had, That that's when it all kicked off for me, this mm. anxious time. And I was like, what is this? And it took sick. I would be off sick. I would be in A&E, like with an ambulance, because the whole left side of my body would go numb and like tingly and I'd be sick and it was awful and it was anxiety manifesting itself. I had every check under the flipping sun. There's nothing wrong with me, it was my mental health. And it's not because this person was um, cruel, nasty, vindictive or uh, abusive in any way, it's just because I didn't get what I put in back yeah. and it made me so incredibly in- insecure that it manifest. Manif- I was like on the bridge, at, like. I felt like he was on the brink of leaving me every day, yeah. and not because of his behaviour, but just because he didn't show what I show me what I needed, um, and that was the same for me. Like it, it's a huge anxi- anxious time for me in a relationship, especially a new one. Even with James, who I'm with now, at the very very beginning, because I because I don't have control over his feelings for me, I couldn't earmark what he was feeling when we were going to next go on a date. what what our life plan was going to be. And that sent me into like a spiral of like, I really like him. Like, I think I'm falling in love with him. But what is it? Like, does he feel the same? What is this? Are you my boyfriend? I need to know. And all of this goes on in my head. But then you think for the sake of the relationship, you can't say that shit like straight off. It's too strong. But me being me, that made me so anxious. James didn't have a clue what to do with me because I was really anxious a lot of the first few months of our time together it was like really good really great really happy actually for the first few months and really strong and intense and then he dropped off a bit you know that thing that boys do when they get a bit they catch feelings and then they're a bit like <laughs> oh I don't know how I feel about all of this and he came back I like, said I love you yes I know you did do we, <laughs> we have to go through all of this shit first then so that was a really anxious time where he pulled away a bit and I was like what have I done wrong and I asked him outright I was like look I was like we've been together for a few months what um what what is it that you want? What are you feeling? It's fine. Let's just have this chat because we were going on this big holiday to Bali and Hong Kong together like a few months in really early yeah, on. Yeah, I
0: remember.
1: I remember he was just playing up and I was like, what is your problem? And he was like, nothing, Nothing. Just, just busy. I'm just a bit busy. And I was like, swear to God. And then the whole holiday was weird. It was all weird. And then when we got back, I broke up with him and was like, I, was li- I literally vomited in the toilet before I went to break up with him because I was so incredibly anxious. Because I, I was already in love with him. I, was al- I already thought he was the best thing since sliced bread. But he wasn't, I knew that he wasn't for me. And that was a really anxious time. Luckily, he realized his mistakes and he came <laughs> back. Um, so yeah, I just think relationships are a big thing for me, especially where it's male attention. And I think that also comes from school and bullying and all of that thing because I never had any male attention until I got to uni, end of college uni, and then I was like, woohoo! Same actually. And then yeah, yeah it's like I grew into my own as a woman then, mm. and you know, developed some breasts. Some, um, some. Yeah. Not, not, I speak for not myself much. also
0: as well. You have more. Breasts Both of than us. Me.
1: I don't think I do. You do have more breasts than Really? Me. Yeah. Oh god, <laughs> slim pickings. Um. So yeah, and it's always been about validation for me, I think as well, like reassurance, validation, yeah. and unfortunately that does come for me in the form of male attention sometimes, especially, like, in a relationship. Well, even if it is only kind of, like, I say subtle things, like,
0: I've carried on from my last relationship the constant need to say to Jamie, do you you love me? How much Mm. do you love me? Yeah. Like, and the fact it was because that the same with my ex it You're wasn't like, are you clear are yeah you sure you like, you, I don't like, feel like what's actually happening but i don't think i even really recognized that at the time you don't. so do you think being able to do what you did with james this yeah. time around where you were like look i'm not actually taking this yeah what are you doing yeah like you did? Did you do that at all in your last relationship? Never. Would have no. been absolutely petrified, when yeah. walking out. Uh, yeah, exactly. I wouldn't ever have a conversation to be like, "This is a problem for yeah. me," or "I need help" or anything, yeah. because I'd be like, "Oh, I'm not going to be this ideal
1: exactly. thing that
0: you want." Yeah. And I do think, kind of, anxiety in relationships is a really difficult.
1: It is, thing. and like on the other end of the spectrum, so anxiety still within the relationship, but a happy, healthy one. Yeah. Like James finds me hard to manage if I'm anxious. And I just say to him, I look, I just need a cup of tea and maybe like rub my arm. Like just, you're there, but I don't need you. I don't want you to ask me what's wrong, because I don't know. Yeah. And I know that's hard to understand, but this is just the way it is. And we've been together three years now. Sometimes he really gets it, and other times he's like, oh, I just don't. And it depends where his, um, Headspace is out as well, so if he's a bit tired or grumpy or whatever, he's like, "What is wrong with you?" And I'm like, "I don't really know." Yeah, though. And, but also you know that yeah. I don't know,
0: so why? And are you I'm not trying to be me?
1: difficult. I'm trying to be quiet and just sail through it by myself. And I don't want yeah. to drag you in it, and I don't want. But it does. It can affect us, and it does affect us. Yeah. Like our little household is like, oh, Lindsay's anxious. Let's leave her to it. She's on a period."
0: But that's the thing that comes with time and experience, isn't it? That yeah, you still have these feelings and they still happen maybe more frequently than you'd like them to but you know how to absolutely like you know how to ride the wave yeah and it's because you've got the right person next to you as well like that's key I think yeah to be able to to manage it um and the last thing that I wanted to ask yeah um I think like we have covered a lot of like how you've learned to manage yourself but if Anybody with like really severe anxiety is having a really bad mental health day. Mm-hmm. What would you say are your top tips for like
1: making yourself feel better or like, yeah, just getting yourself out of it if okay. you can? Yeah, so my things are always get out of bed, always, always, even you always even say make your bed, make as well, your bed, don't you? yeah, so yeah. get out of bed, even if it's the last thing that you want to do, like even if you're desperate for a wee and you still don't want to get up, you must because you can't piss the bed. <laughs> so you, you've got to get up out of bed and then make your bed. So it's a nice place to be when you come back to it later I have all this kind of like paraphernalia of sleep sprays I really recommend the cow shed Oh, I haven't I, tried the cow I, shed Oh, I love one. that one it's really good I, I literally this I spray one. it oh yeah so I like this This. I mean I'm a I'm a bit of a whore where it comes to when yeah. it comes to sleep sprays but yeah I, I, yeah big fan of both I, I'll honestly spray that shit like it's going out of fashion <laughs> um I just try and make my bedroom a really really comfy lovely place so that when I come back to it later I'm like oh I can't wait to get into bed mm. so I leave that there I'll put the kettle on and have I always drink if I'm feeling shit or like really low I have chamomile tea because it's obviously camellia flower it's calming doesn't have any caffeine in it whatsoever it does taste a bit like grass but you can get used to it you could also add honey to it because that makes it a bit mm. better
0: they actually sell um <clears throat> I get the Twining's chamomile and honey. Yeah. And it tastes loads better.
1: Okay. Mm. Good to know. Less Good grassy. To know. Less grassy. Yeah. Grassy or grassy? Grassy linty. All right. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Um, and so, yeah, so chamomile tea. I, all, I will um, have a shower, get dressed, and, like, do my hair and, you know, put a bit of a face on. So just make myself feel as normal as possible. Like I'm heading out for the day and I can do anything and make sure I eat properly because often my stomach's a bit off and I don't want to eat anything, but I'll try and eat properly. And just try, I try to structure my day around a bit of routine and exercise is a massive thing for me. So I love swimming. Honestly, this is why it's in my head. I'm going swimming after this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, I love swimming so much. It gives me headspace. I love moving through the water. I love that it makes me a bit sweaty. I love that it's hard and a bit of cardio. And I feel really refreshed after it. And it's like you dunk away your anxieties. So, I mean, I don't know how many of you can swim because I've got mates that still can't at the age of 30 odd. Not, um, not you. <laughs> we, we've covered <laughs> <We're this. stabbing> <laughs> that. <laughs> um, but any kind of exercise, which is uh, like, can burn off a little bit of that adrenaline, and like, it's the same for if you're feeling low too, because it then can raise your serotonin levels. And mm. you know, exercise has so many amazing benefits. And I'm not saying you know, go and join your local gym and start you know, this mad routine of like hit training or something. Go and find a really beautiful stretchy Pilates class, or just go for a long walk. Just get out and do something active. But for me, it is all about routine and, like, structuring a day and be like, right, okay, what's next now? Making a list also really helps me, especially if there's stuff that's worrying me that's work-related or anything really, like, oh, I've got to change that direct debit over. And that can become, like, a huge thing because you've got to ring someone and you can't be asked to talk to someone. Just break it all down into little bite-sized pieces. Like, they always say, how do you eat an elephant? Yeah. One and bite like at a time. one bite of the elephant burger at a time like not that anyone would eat an elephant but the analogy is that you can't it's too bloody big it's too big just face the day bit by bit and i'd say that that's all i can do mm. yeah
0: that's really good thank you lynn thank you so much Mae. thank you so
1: much for coming in.
0: you're welcome Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate, review and subscribe. And in the meantime, you can find me on Instagram at listen.louder. I'd love to chat with you.